Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Podcast listeners, digital agency owners, welcome back to our program. So glad to have you guys with us here for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And we've got a good friend of mine on our program today, Erin File, who is an intensely curious perpetual learner who set up her own digital agency high in the mountains of Colorado so she could play outdoors and love life just as hard as she works it. And her uh, web agency is called Follow Bright, and she does website consulting, planning, design, uh, and development, and is a fellow uh, member of EO Colorado with me here. And... Um, and we're really excited to have her on the program, but I'm going to give you guys a quick disclaimer. Never done a disclaimer on one of our episodes before. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, not that big of a disclaimer. Uh, we talk about this thing called Colby on this episode. And if you guys are not familiar with Colby, we kind of uh, let, got away with ourselves and we kind of nerded out on it a bit and we dropped some terminology that is very Colby specific. So I try to usually call out guests when they start getting into um, specific frameworks like that so that our audience doesn't get lost in that. And so we, we drop these terms like fact finder, uh, which is the instinctive way we gather and share information. We talk about follow through, which is the instinctive way we arrange and design. Uh, we talk about being a quick start, like I am a... Uh, 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 an archetypal quick start and it's the instinctive way we deal with risk and uncertainty so i'm super high quick start um we also might mention a term called implementer the instinctive way we handle space and tangibles and um so those are some really really quick definitions of some of the terms that we kind of accidentally jump into around colby on this episode uh and this stuff is really really good so what i'll also do is in the show notes is i will link you guys to uh the four action modes of colby so if you're interested in learning more about that um, make sure you check that out. It will provide a little bit more texture and clarity for some of the things that we're going through. But uh, regardless of your experience with Colby or not, this is going to be a fantastic episode for you to understand how your team interacts with one another and where some of those conflicts come from. Aaron, welcome to the program. 
Hello. So you and I were uh, we're both uh, uh, members of EO Colorado, and we were hanging out in uh, in Estes Park at the Stanley Hotel with uh, the EO Colorado chapter, and we we kind of stumbled upon this conversation around um, how people work and. Uh, what we call like that conative space of, of how you execute and how we're very different and how that causes a lot of conflict. And the reason that I brought this up was because I feel like in inside of an agency, when you have a team, plus you have clients, sometimes it's just like there's this conflict that exists. And I feel like you shed so much light on this problem for me. And I feel like you're an expert in this space. And I know that there's so many agency owners that are working with clients or working with a team or even a freelancer working with clients that you don't understand sometimes why there's that conflict. Like one person thinks everything's okay and the other person is just like freaking out. Um, and I feel like you shed a lot of light on that. So let's let's kind of start with that conversation that we were having and then uh, and see where we go. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, yeah. So tell me maybe like where, where was that moment for you, that kind of aha or that moment of conflict that made you realize that um, – the how your people interact on the team and with your clients, uh, that that matters a whole lot and that there's something underneath that. Sure. I think it hit me one day when I was um, having a phone conversation with one of my um, Rockstar team members who is just an amazing strategist, amazing programmer. And yet here we were on this phone call um, having another conversation about why, why are there why like you're missing these the details the last 10 percent you're dropping the ball like there's all these little details that need to be handled you're this amazing person that takes care of so many things and yet we've had this conversation over and over and every time it's like i'm sorry i will i'll do better next time and i'm sorry you know I'll, i'll make some notes and it was exasperating to me to and I couldn't not figure out like what, what do we need to do here to get this to sink in? And it was that, that moment on that phone call that this light bulb went over my head and I realized, wow, wait, I've had this type of conversation with other team members over the past you know, 15 years, many times kind of why it was with a different team member. Why are you struggling to, to show up on time to all of these phone calls. We've had this meeting, we've come up with strategies, we've talked about it. And every time you're like, I'm so sorry, I'll try harder. Or why, um, you know, another time when one team member was freaking out working with a client who was this very structured and orderly person. And they're like, I'm trying to keep up with their schedule and stay organized with them. And I just can't no matter what I do. And it struck me that it's almost like trying to force this square peg into a round hole. And there had to be a better way. Like my team members were working as hard as they could and they were, but things weren't working and no strategies, no conversations were fixing it. And I, I said, got to figure this out. And um, I became highly motivated to better understand what makes people tick and why people are able to do certain things easily and other people aren't. And if I could understand people's strengths and what they're great at, what they do naturally, what they can't do naturally, instead of forcing them to try and do things that they're not wired to do, I could make some tweaks internally in terms of what clients to match team members with and what expectations I should be having of people. 
and really get the best out of people instead of hoping they'll act in a way that I want them to act or the client expects them to act. Does that make sense? It does. One of the things that you just said was uh, your team or, or, you know, were they just wired to do something? Uh, and I and I used this word earlier in, in introducing our, our topic about your cognitive space. Um, yeah. What does that mean? Like, am I just wired to do something? And I think we've all experienced that either with ourselves or mostly with other people, like a team member. Like, I've told you over and over, why do you keep doing this? And it just seems like no matter how much you uh, give them a carrot or a stick, it just doesn't fix uh, the situation. Uh, what does that mean for somebody to just be wired to do something? Right. Great question. So um, for what we're talking about today, uh, the conative part of the mind, this is something that I've been studying for the past few years and have um, uh, gone into pretty deep. And the theory that this is all based around is Colby theory, K-O-L-B-E. And according to Colby theory, we're all hardwired to uh, and have instincts that guide us when we're striving to achieve something or trying to tackle a problem or a challenge. We all have our unique kind of thumbprint that when we're free to be ourselves completely, we are going to act in a certain way and that's going to get us the maximum best results for us. But it's different for everyone. And these instincts These are not things that are impacted by your age or your race or your sex or how you were raised as a kid um, or your values or what you like to do. None of those things impact your hardwired striving instincts. It's something that you have when a kid and if you're tested when you're 19 and you're tested when you're 99, these instincts are going to be the same. So it's very different than personality or values or what you like or even your intelligence and your skill set. These are hardwired skills that will um, guide us to do our best job in tackling challenges and solving problems. So in the two cases that you brought up so far, you had the one team member that just struggled to finish that 10% of the project. Now, are you trying to tell me that uh, they're just hardwired not to finish the last 10% and I need to just stop asking them to do that? Or is there something that you uncovered that helped you get people that are wired differently to do things that they're not wired to do? Or do we just lean into the things that they're wired to do? You, we can all act in any way that we want. We have free will. So I could put a gun to this team member's head and say, you pay attention to these details or you're in serious trouble. And he probably <laughs> could do it, right? Not the best use of my time. I'm not being a good leader, not making the best use of, <laughs> of his strengths. So yeah, I'm telling you that I learned after um, having my team members take Colby assessments and getting trained and certified in, in Colby theory, I learned that this team member, his strength was juggling a lot of balls in the air. His strength was being adaptable and malleable and working with a lot of different pieces of the equation. But when it came to those that last 10%, the details and being able to notice all of the things that really impacted that next level of quality and being able to prioritize and do that polishing work, he was not wired to do that. And I was expecting it of him and pushing it 
on him and and thinking that just because he was such an amazing team member, well, of course he should be able to do it. What I did is I found out that another team member instead had that instinctive strength. So instead of ever having to have a discussion with him or train him on it, it's just innate in him and natural. So instead of having this one team member, this adaptable, highly, you know, juggling lots of balls, big picture team member, um, expecting him to get down into the weeds and the nuances and all the tiny details and wrap up the projects nice and neat. We had him take the projects about 90% of the way through, then simply handed it over to this other team member who had this instinct for those details and looking at all of those um, small pieces and making sure things didn't fall through the cracks. Then suddenly they both were able to focus on what they were really good at. Neither one of them was stressed, never had to have a conversation with the first team member again because he got to focus on what he was great at. The second team member innately, naturally was able to, you know, fix the little problems, polish things up, no stress whatsoever. And it just worked seamlessly, easily, more efficiently, such a, a more productive process. And everybody was much happier too. You know, the first team member didn't feel like he was letting everyone down, even though he was trying his, his hardest. Hmm. I, I feel like if you're listening to this, uh, program right now. And I just want you guys to imagine your teams. And also, I mean, this relationship is not isolated to just, you know, how your team interacts, but this is straight up just how individuals react. I mean, it could be the relationship between you and a client. Your client might have a different kind of conative energy than you do, and that could create conflict. I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, this could literally be uh, somebody's aha moment of my, you know, my pain in the butt clients uh, versus my great clients could just be literally the ones that are more like me or more in synergy with my my conative space, I get along with great, and the ones that are, um, are not are the ones that are huge headaches to me. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw myself on the coals right now and give somebody uh, give our audience kind of like so I, I did my Colby a couple of years ago like three years ago and you know my Colby strengths are to simplify to adapt to improvise and imagine which I think is very uh, congruent with a lot of. Uh, visionary type entrepreneurs, people that are coming up with tons of ideas all the time. Um, and, you know, if I have a client or even anybody, I mean, even you, I think if you give me your, you're, you're much more like fact finder follow through, if I had to guess, a little bit lower yeah. on the quick start probably than I am. And, you know, how we interact is, um, you know, it's easy to create potential conflict because maybe something that I'm super comfortable with because I like to simplify, adapt, and improvise. Like, I'm totally cool improvising. I will, if somebody says, hey, Brent, get up on stage, no presentation prepared, go talk to this group of, uh, of, of uh, uh, you know, turnip farmers and tell them something interesting. I'm like, sweet, I'm going to do it because, you know, like, I'll just figure it out, right? But for you, that would be like, that would be the worst possible day of your life maybe right <laughs> i um it's interesting like it wouldn't be as bad for me as for a number of other people i'm not as high as you in that um that quick start action mode but i initiate meaning my colby has helped me understand that before i dive in i need to collect some information and i need a big picture understanding of what's going to happen i need the plan and i need to understand the steps so if i have those two things 
I can then run and gun with you and I'll be up there on the stage. But you take away those two things and you're leaving me and I'm going to be a panicked blob up there, you know, just like <laughs> chest, like tight, throat tightening up. Oh, my God. Um, sweating, freaking out. And, and that's important because it means I can't I don't have the freedom to be myself and I'm not going to deliver the quality, um, you know, talk or result that I possibly could. Um, and that's important for our team members, too, to remember that just everybody's wired in a different way. But we have a natural tendency to assume that, well, everybody's, you know, everybody's the same as us. Well, of course, you're going to look into all the details, you know, uh, uh, someone who needs lots of facts might say, or, well, of course, you can just get up on stage and wing it. You're going to be fine, says someone who's naturally wired to, to, to be that way. But the revolution in our business really happened when we started understanding that, whoa, we actually all do our best when we can take action in different ways. And when I allowed my team members to be free to be themselves and um, kind of changed a few internal processes to allow them to um, take advantage of their instincts and work in the right order and the right way that uh, provides the best results, stress level went down and productivity went up, efficiency went up. And it, it even changed our relationships as we started matching team members with clients. Because you're right, if we get a client that is totally different than how we're wired, that's when we start going, they're a pain in the butt, pain in the ass, can't stand them. They do things wrong. These guys are so annoying. A lot of times it's just because they're wired differently. And all it takes is grabbing a team member who's a bit similar to the client. And you can completely flip that relationship on its head. And there can be so much more um, symmetry and, and effectiveness. And, it, and it's just been incredible for the business. So Colby is a is an assessment, um, and obviously you're running a, a digital agency. This is a tool that you have seen value in. Obviously, you've gone as far as getting you know certified and and helping to um, um, create that for your team. Are you saying that you actually? I mean, it makes sense to me to have my team do Colby, but do you actually have your clients do this, or do you just kind of make some uh, assumptions or take some guesses on? Hey, this person needs a lot of facts, and obviously that's that's something that they're asking for, and we need to make sure that we align them with somebody that can provide those facts. Like I am the worst person to pair up with a high fact finder because I'm just <laughs> like I'm like no, you don't. Like here's the three bullets. That's it. That's all you got to know. And they're like no, no, no. I need ten hours to do research. You're like no, 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 no. Here's the three bullets. And like we will. And I'm just remembering when we had um, I had a really really high fact finder on my leadership team for uh, three years, and like we would get in these knockdown dragouts of like arguments simply because he wanted more facts. I wanted to move on. Yeah. So do you have your clients do these Colby's or again? Or are you making some kind of assumption there? Good question. Um, some of the clients that have come to us actually surprisingly, they're like, Oh, we, we do Colby too. Here's, here's the Colby's <laughs> of everybody on our team that you're going to be working with. Um, that's been really fun when we found that out. That's obviously not the majority. Um, for some uh, clients, we have asked them to take the Colby, especially when there's, say, you know, uh, hopefully one or two primary decision makers or contacts that we're going to be working very closely with. And then on occasion, even though oh, I'm 
going to kick myself in the butt for saying this, even though you're not supposed to guess someone's Colby because you can never know if they're acting naturally or if they're acting in the way that they feel mm. they have to work in their job. There have been times when it's almost so blatant, um, just having been doing this for so long, that I get a, a general sense of some of their um, initiating um, needs that I get I'm able to match them up with, say, the right team member that will take good care of them. And luckily, those those have gone very, very well in the past. Something you said around designing your processes around this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like there's this level of consciousness that you're talking about that is deeper than what I think most agency owners are thinking about when they're imagining their the life cycle of a project. I mean, it's more like when I think of, okay, what's the project's life cycle? I'm thinking more of a, maybe a factory level thing of, okay, what are the steps, the components, and how are we building those things and putting those together? And at what point does it go from this person's desk to this person's desk to this person's desk? And what I'm kind of hearing from you is that there's, because their service businesses are so people oriented and client oriented and um, you know, getting your hands dirty and doing a lot of work that there's this other like layer below the factory assembly line that is perhaps more important or equally important or something that we should consider in our businesses when we're designing our processes and thinking about how our teams actually do the work together that we, uh, if we're not conscious of it now, we should become conscious of it. Um, yeah. So how, I mean, how do I, how do I design my business processes around Colby and, um, and not around the job function? Mm, that's a really great question. So um, this comes back to a, a couple different pieces. Um, one of them is the, the common concept and, and common knowledge that the right people have to be in the right role. And when you have a business where the right people aren't in the right role, you are creating friction. You are causing stress in the workplace for um, you know, specific individuals, as well as the team, as well as yourself, and you're reducing the quality of the final product that, that your clients are getting. And in, in the agency world, I mean, your agency is made up of people and not robots. And they're the ones that are coming to work every day and following these processes. And they have to be energized and free to be themselves. If you're making one of your team members, um, follow processes in this factory, but they're not wired to do those processes or those, they're not wired to achieve those results in that specific way that you deemed is the best way, probably because you, you know, set it up to, to match the way that you work. What you're doing is the equivalent of making someone write their name in cursive, blindfolded with their non-dominant hand with a pencil stub, you know, a thousand times. So it's possible, it's doable, but the results are going to be ugly, it's stressful, it's frustrating, um, it's not efficient, it's not productive. And the final product that's handed over to the client is never going to be as, as great as it could be. Plus, the experience that you're providing to your clients at an agency is never going to be all that it could be if your team members are not working um, in a way that allows them to be themselves and what's natural for them. So in terms of, uh, you know, what can you do to implement this into your agency and and how do you design um, roles around uh, people's Colby's uh, assessments? It really starts with, when possible, with the hiring process and making sure that the expectations you have for a person that's coming into a new role or a job opening, 
that the person is going to be hardwired to be able to um, do that role successfully. Like that, that's just critical. And that saves a lot of hassle versus trying to re-engineer things once you have a bunch of people and roles. And then you're like, let's see if you fit. And if you don't, we're going to have to change a bunch of things up. But that reality is most people don't start companies knowing everybody's Colby MOs. And like myself, you find out what your team members, how they're wired after you've been running your agency for a while. And it's a matter of you do have to do some re-engineering. So um, I found that simply having a basic understanding of Colby, getting your team members MOs, and then having conversations with them to find out um, sorry, I'm going to rewind a little bit. You, you can actually, uh, there's a Colbier that measures someone's unique uh, and natural instincts. A Colby B will share what they think is required for their role. So if there's a, a difference there, you can tell they're stressed. And if you have someone take an A and a B, you can immediately have a conversation with them to see why there's that disconnect. And that gives you a great opportunity to make some immediate changes or tweaks for their role. You can also take a, the, a manager or leader can take a Colby C, which shows what a leader's expectations for a role are. And if those are different than how the um, person in that role is naturally wired, there's going to be a lot of tension between that person and the manager. So just those assessments immediately show you where there is internal stress and conflict between people. And that's a great place to start to say, huh, I'm expecting you to give me these really detailed reports every Friday. That must be stressing you out. You're, you're a very low fact finder. What can we do so that I get what I need, but I'm not stressing you out? And it starts the conversations of changing expectations and being able to be creative with, with roles. So you don't necessarily have to move everybody around, but some subtle shifts in expectations and deliverables can make a huge impact on stress level as well as productivity and the quality of final products. I feel like you just gave our listeners some really cool ninja voodoo about how to understand why conflict or missed expectations or communication issues or all these things that are very, very difficult to get a tangible and concrete understanding of why they're happening. I think every business owner knows that they are happening and maybe it's, you know, you spend 30 minutes after a meeting with the team member just fuming about why they don't understand what's going on in the business or uh, maybe from the team member's perspective, they don't understand why their boss keeps asking them for the stuff that's, that they believe is a complete waste of time. Uh, and I know that those feelings are going on probably in every business at some level. Uh, you just gave us a very specific series of assessments that if you choose to, you could go do this, right? You could take have people take the Colby A to understand, you know, who are they, right? What is their cognitive yep. ability? Um, the person in the seat could uh, do the Colby B to try to figure out, okay, what is what do I believe I'm supposed to be doing in this seat? Or yeah. Is there a mismatch there? Then the uh, leader or the manager can do the Colby C to try to communicate what their expectation is of that seat. And if those things are in misalignment, uh, you're probably experiencing some level of conflict and it could give you a, 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 a a plan or a map to at least, you know, have that conversation. That's like, it's, I feel like it's, you're, you're getting access to this invisible human 
layer, like this behavioral thing within your business that I think a lot of us are missing. When I've talked to agency owners about this, um, they've been like, what, you can do what? Like that? You, we could under, <laughs> we could, and it's not a personality assessment. I mean, it's not a skill no. assessment either. No. So, you know, what, what we're talking about here goes beyond just, I'm a developer, I'm a designer, I'm a copywriter, I'm, a, uh, I'm the salesperson, I'm the project manager, I'm the finance person, I'm the CEO. I mean, what we're talking about here is uh, a much more universal concept about just how we execute as human beings. Absolutely. And it, and that's really important is unlike personality assessments or, or intelligence assessments or skills assessments, you know, how good of a programmer is this person? All Colby looks at is your instinctive strengths. And it allows you as an agency leader um, or someone who's making decisions in an agency to actually be able to take this innate um, talent and strength in your team members and and leverage it and make the most of it. Because a lot of times it's sitting there and it's just dormant and we're not doing anything with it. And we have this gold mine of strengths and internal instincts and energy in our team members. And we're telling them to go do something the way we think it should be done. When if we get out of their way and allow people the freedom to be themselves, some amazing things happen. And that's, that's another piece, unlike with um, several different assessments, there is no, it's, it's impossible to get a bad, um, in quotes, score on, on your Colby. It, it, there's nobody can get anything that says, oh, you're in trouble. You're bad. It literally <laughs> it just highlights um, how you can do an amazing job and when you and when you're going to feel your best at work and you're least stressed. That's it. It's really simple. And, and it's it is like a little magical device that allows you to make the most and get the most out of your team members. That's awesome. I remember listening to my uh, my CD that kind of describes, you know, they talk through, uh, you know, my Colby and uh, said something about how I just because of my uh, adapt and improvise and quick start. It was like, you like to leave things up to the last minute and, you know, pull all nighters and you create your best work when you do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have felt so bad about that behavior in myself. And what I've learned over the last three years is that, um, I mean, I try, <laughs> which of course, leaving things at the last minute freaks out other people in my company and there's reasons that I need to not do that. But there's at the same time, I can create those types of scenarios for myself where I just realize that, hey, look, that's my most creative and my most innovative space is when there's a little bit of pressure around a deadline and I'm giving myself that ability to work from you know 8 p.m. till 3 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I do create my very, very best work in that space. And I've felt a lot of guilt or shame or doubt around that. And when I listened to that CD, I was like, and they, they literally spelled it out. This is how you like to execute. And for me, it, it provided a lot of clarity or at least peace of mind in just not feeling so bad about how I like to work. The challenge, of course, is how I relate that to other people's um working abilities where it's maybe they have a much different, they like to get things done early and <laughs> organized and, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's what I have to be conscious of is to not put other people in a space where it's causing them stress because I like to execute a different way. Mm -hmm. Having that insight just allow is, gives you a lot of that freedom though. Cause when you walk around and you don't understand how your team members work or how a client might be wired, um, it's really difficult and you start making those, you know, uh, 
kind of judgments about them. Oh, they're a certain way. And we're it, knowing this information doesn't let us be perfect. And it doesn't mean that there's no conflict in the agency or the team members never get upset with each other. But it allows us to approach situations and conflict with a bit of humor and deeper insight. And we can get to a resolution or a solution much more quickly um, because there's empathy about, oh, yeah, no, I see why. I totally see why I stressed you out. Um, let's figure out a way to get around this. Plus, it saves you a lot of time because you're not going around reading articles and blogs with all of these you know, best practices of this is how you should be productive or this is how you should gather information. It's like that's all general and it may be the absolute opposite for you. And when you can understand how you work and what, how your, what your instincts are, all of those articles and recommendations and self-help stuff and best practices, you can throw them all out the window and stop feeling guilty that you, you don't, you know, I can never stick with that. And you can just stick with what works for you and be totally comfortable with it too. Speaking of uh, stressing people out, I uh, did not share uh, my lightning round with Erin before I asked her to come on the show. <laughs> and she goes and checks out the podcast and she says, there's this lightning round thing. And, and, and I, I, what, are, what are the questions? And anyways, so I'm, I'm currently, I know by, by shifting to our lightning round, which Erin, uh, I just want to thank you, uh, I think shedding light on Colby and how you've used that for your uh, your agency is is fantastic, and and we'll get into a minute about how people can follow up with you on that. Um, but I'm going to shift to our lightning round and put you on the spot. And I'm going to cause you probably a little stress by throwing some <laughs> lightning round questions at you. Yeah. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Um, I would actually, ugh, yeah, I would. I wish I could have been prepared for this. Let me think. <laughs> Colby in uh, action Colby right in now. Action. <laughs> <laughs> here's someone who usually wants to be fully prepared and understand everything before going into it and then freezes when uh actually though here you go this is something that was said to me uh this week and it's it's been just emblazoned in my brain um and i've been giving it a lot of thought and um on the topic of success and failure um the success and failure and the stories that you tell yourself really are based on whatever measuring stick you're pulling out of your pocket at that point in time. And most people, most of the time, are going around using the wrong measuring sticks. And um, it, it really got me to think about just the concepts of, am I succeeding? Am I doing well? Am I failing? And who am I comparing myself to? And, and the metrics I'm looking at. And a lot of times they're just random um, measuring sticks that I'm using. And it's not, it's not always a, a smart way of, I don't always have the smartest way of assessing how I'm doing. So I'm still processing that. That was something I was told um, by a mentor a couple of days ago, and it's been sitting in my mind. So um, not very, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'll share. That's awesome. I, uh, I feel like that's something that, um, you know, probably rings true for so many people of whether or not you feel good or bad in that moment is based on where you feel like you are towards this random measuring stick you pull out of your pocket, which is, um, 
I think after this podcast is over, I'm going to go and define what success is to me and maybe put, put <laughs> try to simplify that uh, measuring stick that I use for myself versus the ever moving target that just makes me feel bad. Yes. Uh, yeah. What, uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? If you had asked me that two months ago, I would say, oh, it's just the raw determination that I think I was born with, that I just, you know, I'm just going to go after this at at any cost and I will get there. But I have actually developed a new habit in the past couple of months. I've been studying something pretty amazing um, that I will say has been incredibly powerful. And so this habit is I've learned how to um, uncover and actually eliminate. It sounds kind of hokey when you say it out loud, but I've learned to uncover and eliminate um, really deep seated beliefs that I've had forever since I was a kid that are holding me back that I don't necessarily intellectually agree with. And that if I were to say them out loud, like, something along the lines of mistakes and failure are bad. Like intellectually, like I can chuckle at that. Of course, that's silly. No, I don't believe that. But when you say some of these beliefs, there's just something, you know, in your stomach or in your chest that's like, yeah, there's some of that's true. So I've been learning actually how to find those and get rid of them. And that has been one of the most powerful habits that to develop, I would say, in my entire life. And that's changing things big time for me. I feel like that's the second podcast interview. <laughs> what is the how behind that? How are you doing that? Um, which you know, it's a secret. Yeah, that's that's great. Though. I mean, I think even just sending somebody on that path to identify uh, those limiting beliefs for themselves and um, and and maybe figuring out ways to overcome that—that's really cool. Is there an internet resource, a tool that you use uh, that you think our listeners would find valuable that you either use in your business or life? Sure. They, um, if they, if what we talked about today and if they're still listening, maybe it was of interest to them. Um, if that is something they'd like to pursue, they can go to Colby.com, K O L B E.com and take um, a Colby a assessment for themselves. Um, the website doesn't look all that spectacular. I'll be upfront for agency owners. They might be like, this looks sketchy, but the, <laughs> you know, the company's been around for a long time. They're in the middle of re- doing some branding work and slowly working through their online presence. But, um, you know, if I had just been sent there, I'd be, I, I thought it was sketchy the first time, but yes, you can take a, a Colby a, you can get a report. They're often, they're not the easiest in, uh, of reports to interpret. So, um, you know, you might want the help of a consultant to look through it or help it help um, you understand how you can apply it to yourself or your business, but you can get started right away and just instantly go on and, and grab an assessment to, to check this out, to see if it's even of anything of interest. But I, I absolutely use the, the assessments regularly from, from their company. Cool. And uh, what book would you recommend and why? I would say um, recent book that I just finished um, was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, <laughs> and that, it, you know, it sounded, my friend recommended it to me in a company up in Idaho. And it sounded very much like, oh, uh, that's, you know, that's a gimmick. He's got a swear word in the title. So he's trying to be really, you know, different. And it's probably just something like, I just thought it'd be rather generic. But he said, no, it's really good. Like, Highly recommend it. And um, 
what I got out of it really was kind of a, um, something along the lines of the advice that I received earlier, that it's almost like the things that you actually give a fuck about, do they even matter? Because you only have so many fucks to give in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't care about everything. And people go around with these measuring sticks and setting these goals and caring about these things and holding themselves to it when at the end of the day, we only have so much energy and we're not really being very conscious about what we care about. And so it did get me to, to kind of think and um, think in a new way that a lot of the, you know, as an, as a big reader, a lot of books don't. So it, it was a, obviously a very easy, it was an easy read, enjoyable read and um, said a lot of things in, in different ways. Um, and I, I do recommend it. Very cool. And Aaron, how can our audience find out more about you? Well, they can check out uh, our my agency site, followbright.com. Um, I do have a personal site, Aaron File, E-R-I-N-P-H-E-I-L.com. But all you'll see there is a couple links to LinkedIn and maybe my Instagram and, you know, I think like a video or something like that. So really, if anybody's interested in finding out more about me or talking about Colby, just shoot me an email, Aaron at followbright.com, and I'm happy to chat. Cool. We will link to all that stuff, guys, in the show notes. Aaron, thank you so much for dropping by today on the Digital Agency Show. This has been super enlightening for myself and I'm sure for all of our listeners. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, folks, that is it for our show this week. Tune in to another episode of the Digital Agency Show next week. Until then, I'm your host, Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 